0: colin miller at squid on instagram and i'm here with a very funny queer comic who is about to be in a fabulous show Uh, he's gone green this is a saint patty's day celebration uh buff it out episode you're getting it right on the coattails of the event so uh go ahead and introduce yourself to our wonderful listeners and um thanks for coming
1: yeah hi um i'm stefan and um uh, like you mentioned, I produced a queer comedy show that's happening this Thursday um, on St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Gay. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's happening at the Dallas Comedy Club. Um, and a, a fun thing happening right before that is um, uh, Dallas Sites 101 is happening is hosting a gay, uh, gay male same-sex uh, speed dating event. So that's going to be really fun. Um, uh, I think that starts at six 30. Um, and I'll, I'll also be emceeing that event, uh, as well. And then I'll be hosting, um, the queer factor show at 9.00 PM. So yeah, you can find more about that, the speed dating event at the Dallas sites, 101 website, and then, um, the comedy show at Dallas dash comedy Okay.
0: And you can send me all of that and we'll put it in the episode description so that people For can post sure. It's just a click away because that's mm-hmm. that's uh the kind of gaze that we are on this <laughs> so you we we I, I i guess i outed you you're you're a queer comic but <laughs> how, how do you identify um what are your pronouns and your mm-hmm. orientation if you are comfortable sharing
1: yeah sure i mean so uh he him i identify as you know a gay man um and yeah <laughs>
0: gay, gay all around. You know, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to know what you thought about this. This is uh, not a whole lot to do with our topic, but do you see a difference between a queer space and a gay space?
1: Um, I, I feel like identified as a gay space, it usually means a uh, gay male space. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that just comes from like, you know, gay bars, gay clubs, usually being catered towards gay men. Um, yeah, something that I've kind of learned, um, like producing my own queer comedy show is that I, I did, you know, created it with the intent of being inclusive to all like LGBTQ identifying. And so it definitely less resembles what you would see at like a comedic drag show than, <laughs> yeah. you know, Kind of What's what your you would expect, experience so. with
0: comedic drag in the area. I mean, are there, um, do you have any anecdotes mm-hmm. or do you do you like local drag stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, I love local drag. I mean, like, I've been to the Rose Room tons of times, and um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is pretty much the only show I watch at all on TV. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, I, I love drag and, you know, I love local drag, uh, especially. So, I don't yeah, know. It's just good. It's queens. fun. Favorite queens that I've I seen. Mean, I mean, like, or drag yeah. drags,
0: famous, whatever.
1: So I just went to Puerto Vallarta, Um, and there's a really ba- big drag scene down there. And I, oh. I just saw probably the best drag show I've ever seen in my life. It was just one queen and she did a two hour show by herself. It was like a cabaret show and she sang and it was like, it was so entertaining. Not just like the her singing talent but she was so damn funny too just like so quick and just like I don't know such a such a professional like even you know we have out of town uh comics headline every weekend at the Dallas Comedy Club and like even some of them who have performed on Comedy Central and stuff weren't as quick as this drag queen like <laughs>
0: Is 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 her secret identity something we cannot reveal, or?
1: Oh, I mean, I can talk about her. Her name's Daisy Bucket. Uh, She's not like, you know, Drag Race famous or anything, but. (laughs) Well,
0: yet, I mean, who knows? knows? (laughs) Drag Race is constantly changing on this recent season. We had our first straight performer. Oh yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you never know who will walk out of that workroom and turn it the fuck out uh (laughs) do you have any hot takes on this season i I have to as a fellow director (laughs) aficionado i I must know
1: i'm i'm loving it so far i think it's fun um yeah i feel like it's not there's nothing too distracting about the season as far as like i don't know just like angry drama um like there was (laughs) you know there was that little bit with maddie morphosis and you know the whole outrage of like having a straight person. It's like, I mean, ultimately, who cares? I don't think she was ever going to (laughs) win or go that far, so.
0: Well, Um, I think that it's weird to say that this inclusive space, because Drag mm -hmm. Race, and then if you rewind the clock, Mm -hmm. you'll see that drag was for people who are excluded, right? And right. So, to then say, you can't do this, <laughs> <I will> exclude <laughs> you, it feels a little strange. But anyway, I think that actually I was surprised that, well, not surprised, I was elated just to see that most of what she got on her show, Maddie, we're talking about Maddie Morphosis, <laughs> most of what she got was support. And that was great, I think, for the world to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you work with any straight people on your show?
1: Um, Well, so my show specifically is queer people. Um, The person who does our tech, like runs the lights and stuff um, is a straight person. (laughs) And um, I mean, like uh, comedy in general is like, you know, predominantly straight white male identifying. So that's, you know, usually who I end up working with. I'm in a lot of other shows as well that aren't um, queer factor. And I mean, so yeah, I work with a wide variety of Straight people as well. <laughs> <laughs> Every
0: kind of straight person is yeah. walking through <laughs> that door. No, uh, so you do comedy for queer audiences, and you do them mm-hmm. for predominantly straight audiences, as I, and, and mm-hmm. everything in between. It sounds like so. Do you yeah. tailor your material in a different way depending on who you're going to be presenting with and to?
1: Um, kind of. You know, sometimes. Um, there are different types of shows that I do that attract different audiences. Um, like I'm in a, a short form uh, audience interactive show um, called Dork Course that's every Saturday at the Dallas Comedy Club. And that one is, uh, like I said, it's very audience interactive. We get a lot of suggestions from the audience members and that usually uh, attracts a more straighter and like more like couples like date night kind of crowd. Yeah. Um, and for that, it's really, like, um, like we're playing short games. And so, like, I don't get, really get to put a whole lot of myself into the show. Um, and so that usually ends up being, you know, I just play the game how people, how I think the audience, you know, would enjoy it to be played. Um, like, we play a game called Innuendo, where they yell out something like a uh, turtle, and you have to say, like... Um, I like my lovers like I like my turtles nice and slow or you know just <laughs> dumb punchlines like that and so um, I, I feel like I, I don't want to say they're the dumber audience but <laughs> with those kinds <laughs> of shows it's it's just like you just go for the low hanging fruit and it's a fun show so
0: there's so many ways you can go with that prompt of like, <laughs> like my lovers, like I like my turtles. One, mm-hmm. I mean, this oh god, this like, could be racist. Like chocolatey, or you could go a different route. Oh, like a
1: chocolate turtle. Oh that, yeah. yeah, or, or like <laughs> full of full of nuts. Yeah, full of nuts
0: or like old and flabby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, or, pretty pretty good yeah. prompt. No, okay. So, do you have any favorite venues in Dallas? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So I really only performed at the Dallas Comedy Club. Uh, I've been to a few more smaller uh, comedy theaters like um, Four Day Weekend in both Dallas and Fort Worth and um, Stomping Ground Comedy um, in Dallas, which is a small uh, nonprofit comedy theater. Um, But yeah, as far as my performance experience, those are the only places I've really been.
0: And what, what uh, brought you into the world of comedy and especially what made you kind of go that route instead of pursuing something mm-hmm. a little more adjacent, like acting, well, yeah. not more adjacent, but something adjacent, period, like mm-hmm. acting or musical theater?
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, musical theater, I can't sing, so... Okay. <laughs> that, you're, like, so rolling that out. <laughs> out. Yeah, and then acting, like, I never really had m- much of an interest in acting, like, I don't, I did theater uh, once in high school, and I was the smoke machine, like, I, you know, I didn't really have much of a, a background or exposure to theater in a way that, like, excited me or wanted, want, made me want to, um, like, pursue it, but with comedy, like, I don't know, I, I feel like everyone enjoys comedy, and it's just kind of always there, especially with, Um, you know things like Netflix and Hulu like uh, everything is just so easily accessible like I probably watched nearly every stand-up special on Netflix and um, like several years ago so Dallas Comedy Club used to be called Dallas Comedy House um, and uh, they offer uh, improv and stand-up classes and everything and I had a friend several years ago that took an improv class and we went to her showcase and you know it was a fun time and everything. And I was like, it makes sense that she would take an improv class. She's like the funniest person I know uh, at the time. And so I kind of always had that in the back of my head is like, oh, an improv class is a thing you can do. Um, and then about four years ago, um, I was just uh, kind of in a place where I was like, I wanna, I don't know, try something new. And so um, I signed up for an improv class with my friend at Dallas Comedy House, and I didn't realize there were all these different levels or anything. I was just going to take this one class and then go on about my life. But they were like, oh, there's five more levels. And um, this is actually uh, we're actually a cult. And (laughs) uh, but yeah, I loved my first class. I went through the whole. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, I went through the whole program at Dallas comedy house and, um, then I started sketch writing and just started performing, uh, up until the pandemic hit and, um, Dallas comedy house closed down, uh, permanently. And then, um, new owners took over, took it over as the Dallas comedy club, which just opened last September. And, um, yeah that's been my comedy journey <laughs>
0: is it connected at all to something called the hyena lounge or hyena or
1: no that's another um uh, popular comedy club um i think i buy they- it a lot yeah i uh, yeah i've heard of it i've never been there um but i i know it's a really popular uh comedy club especially i think they exclusively do stand up i don't know a whole lot about it but yeah
0: Okay. So what are the different kinds for anybody mm-hmm. interested? So you do stand yeah, or.
1: Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> or there's also improv. Um, and within improv, there's a uh, short form improv, which is like, whose line is it anyway? Kind of, oh, you know, short show. games. Yeah. Um, there's long form improv, which are, you know, long scenes in a, a in a show it'll, it'll be about a 30 minute show with, you know, kind of connecting scenes. Um, And then there's also musical improv where scenes into songs and then you just completely make up the songs. Um, And yeah, there's also um, sketch comedy where you're writing um, characters and sketches, things like you would say on SNL. Um, And then at, at Dallas Comedy Club and other smaller theaters, they also teach storytelling, which can be comedic or, you know, not, it's just uh, teaches people how to tell their story in an interesting way.
0: You didn't know you'd be teaching a free workshop today, so.
1: I mean, so- I kind of. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm interested in knowing why there seems to be a, an idea that there's a show for queers and a show not for queers. I've just mm-hmm. been thinking about this in my head, even me, myself, I'm sitting here, my ass in this chair, as a person on a podcast that promotes a film festival called Queer to Queer. Mm
1: -hmm. Now,
0: why do you think there is a separation between something that is, even like you go to Netflix, there's LGBTQ, you you scroll through all the gay and Mm -hmm. lesbian and everything, stuff that's right there. And why are we, as an orientation Mm -hmm. right now, a category kind of alongside genres, like you know, horror and (laughs) everything (laughs) like that. So I'm just curious to know, like, what do you think about that as a queer performer who's been in both sides
1: Mm -hmm. of the
0: spectrum, you know, in both spaces, in other words?
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting question. Um, Because, I mean, I think it's just like, because of the society we live in, like everything that is default or mainstream is, you know, typically straight and then, um, or at least, you know, straight, um, uh, appealing to straight audiences. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of like the the LGBT experience is never, I I don't know, considered mainstream. And that's something I've thought about, you know, producing an exclusively queer comedy show, like what's different about this show than, you know, any other kind of big show that's happening out there Um, And I think for me at a personal level, it's my personal opinion that we as queer people are funnier than straight people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you're that TikTok that guy
0: that's saying he's like i'm not gonna i'm done hanging out with straight people. they're not fun they're not, i forget the rest of the things that he says but um, yeah he or they are i'm not sure their pronouns but yeah no i i think that's really a, a good way to think about it a because it's a humorous way to think about it and right. woman, you know that humor is the way to access all of life's fruits but mm-hmm. uh i just i think that as a as a content creator myself, that is predominantly for predominantly for queer people. For me, I just thought of it as an indicator.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: you come into this space, you submit to this film festival, not like in a BDSM. Like you submit a film to this film festival. Nobody's watching <laughs> the movies on their knees or anything. Um, well, they can, I guess. But uh, it's not about. Here are all of the things that. Here's every story about a gay person, or here Mm -hmm. is a representation of every queer person's experience, because you're never going to encapsulate that. But whatever individual story you have to tell as the queer writer, director, producer, actor, you are safe. That's kind Mm -hmm. of the, the feeling that I get. And so have you ever had a moment or times along your comedy career where you felt like you were not safe or you felt othered by the industry or people in the industry and you don't have to name names (laughs) you don't have to name venues do whatever you want
1: yeah well I think I've been pretty fortunate in that I haven't really experienced that um but you know I think that's because I mainly do like uh sketch and improv like I really don't do stand-up a lot which is you know more um uh heterosexual uh, you know straight male dominated um so i don't really have as much experience with that i have been really fortunate because dallas comedy house and dallas comedy club uh are very uh inclusive minded um and very open to um you know all walks of life and uh committed to you know providing a safe space for um people so like you know like me <laughs>
0: it is a comedy podcast so I hope that it's okay that I'm about to undercut what you just said which is sure. very important and I'm happy that people heard but I'm I, as I was intently listening I, I got distracted by the size of your glasses I'm not a size queen but I was trying <laughs> to figure out, I'm like are my glasses bigger or are his glasses I think your glasses probably, probably.
1: they also there's um, something they also make my eyes look smaller like they're those <laughs> kinds of Glasses, I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I like them because they remind me of Federico Fellini, which is a um, Italian director. Mm, he had yeah. those thick, wide glasses. So <laughs> they're they're great. So we're gonna take. I never do this. I've never once done this on this podcast. But we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna indicate it here, and because we're getting more professional, sweetie guys. And uh, when we come back, I'm gonna ask. Uh, this wonderful gentleman this uh, specimen and a half a few questions about where they think comedy is going and what their favorite comedy films are so see you soon now that the laughing track is over I am back (laughs) in the recording studio aka the corner of my barren apartment with the wonderfuls is it it's Stefan
1: or Stefan? Yes, it's Stefan.
0: Okay, I had for some reason I had the urge to en- embellish and go Stefan.
1: A lot of Steph- people do.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and, and it's a common theme on this podcast as I try to pronounce everybody's names as if they were Bond villains. I don't mm. know, like, not even that a particular uh, whatever you call it, a, um, an indication, a a stress can be, mm. you know, more. Bond villain identifying than another but I I think it's something in the voice that I give to it where I'm like Mm -hmm. Stefan
1: is (laughs)
0: going to kill Mr. Bond anyway (laughs) so James Bond is one of my favorite films interesting segue (laughs) (laughs) what are your favorite comedy films and I know that can be a really broad yeah so give me a few things in cinema that really make you laugh
1: Hmm. I mean I feel like um I feel like Mean Girls and Bridesmaids like those kinds of movies definitely shaped, yeah definitely shaped my um my comedic palette for sure um in what way I don't know I mean just the for Mean Girls particularly um I don't know just like the just like the type of humor the like biting like um okay <laughs> you smell I like a baby you. prostitute like <laughs> There's you a know just like here. that
0: <laughs> and see why you also like drag race you like yeah the, <laughs> you like the uh not are you an ins- are you an insult comic like bianca DeRio?
1: no no not at all
0: <laughs> no. all right well you but you like the digs you like the the reading so you must really enjoy the library challenge on drag race is that
1: yeah i i always love that because it's so formulaic but people still are uh fail miraculously at it like it's it's literally so easy (laughs) to do like i don't know easy Uh,
0: to somebody with comedic timing perhaps
1: yeah well i guess to me i i like it's easy for me to like i said it's formulaic to me there there's literally like a an a plus b equals c to it like Uh um i i don't know how to explain it like how how to read somebody like you literally just pick a feature and find uh you know that's a that's a common uh technique in stand-up is to like um you know just to compare two things that have no relation to each other um you know just pick a feature and um you know relate it to something completely unrelated and in in a way that's I'm not here to teach comedy but <laughs> no we already discussed um, it's a free workshop
0: it's you're your <laughs> donating your time no it's so when did you know that you were good at that when did you or or maybe not good at it but when you're like ah this is something that when I, I, was, I
1: was like yeah when I was like oh this is a thing I should I enjoy and I should uh-huh. keep doing yeah um well so like I said I took my first improv class and I had no intention of like doing anything else you know <laughs> comedy related, I was just like, I'm just gonna take an improv class. Um, But I ended up really enjoying the class. And so I was like, okay, I'll take more. And um, uh, just over the course of the next couple of years, like I ended up auditioning for the house teams and I made that. So I got to perform um, outside of just classes and then probably about two years into doing improv, um, I, you know, I was in a few troops, uh, at one point I just stopped being nervous for shows. I'm, I was just like, I, am I just show up and, um, I trusted myself enough to put on at least a halfway decent show, you know, it's not always great, but, <laughs> um, and I think at that point, which was around, you know, shortly before the pandemic started, um, where I was like, okay, I've been doing this long enough. I, I feel like I've acquired, a uh, uh, enough of a skill for it to trust myself um and that seems and key, so the yeah skill trust, mm-hmm, yeah
0: you can tell even and then especially in on rupaul's drag race when they do the fucking roasts the mm-hmm. people that don't trust what they're doing they yeah it's absolutely like absolutely fail
1: yeah it, you can anyone can tell a bad joke yeah and get a laugh if you have enough confidence like
0: (laughs) yeah it's the falling on your face proudly and I I wish I had a a a queen to use as an example for this from the show that but for some reason whenever I talk about RuPaul's Drag Race Roasts Mm. I I can't stop thinking about Utica I, she, <laughs> she's the only queen that comes into my brain. And I can only think about things that she said,
1: like yeah, when she said, you know, oh, I'm bomb. sorry, I
0: thought you spoke whale or, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I, I love what you're, you're saying too, because also whenever you aren't a good joke teller, I think Rosie, mm-hmm. o- no, 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 not Rosie O'Donnell. I believe it was Lippy <laughs> Goldberg that said she's not a joke teller. She's a uh-huh. storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so yes. when, I think that, what is that? Because I feel like there's something to talk about there when you you don't necessarily have to be good at every kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. You have to know what kind of comedy suits you, right? Like, what yeah, is Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, and I can speak from that perspective. I've like, I don't really consider myself a, a storyteller. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I've tried storytelling and it's like, I can make a story Interesting. If I work really hard, but like also, um, like I have to really try to like put jokes into a story, and then at that point, it feels like I'm writing jokes. So I, I don't know. I I understand that perspective from like, um, you know, I'm not a joke teller. I'm a storyteller because some people can just talk about their lives and it's interesting and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like uh my friend Ellen can t- tell a story, and the story the story starts with her at the checkout at a grocery store and ends with her getting in her car. And it's like a 10 minute story. And so it's just like, just in that, in that span of like one minute, enough interesting, funny stuff happened to her that she can tell it, uh, you know, she has enough uh, information to tell like a very funny story about it. With me, I'm like, Uh, I don't, literally nothing happened in that, in that minute. I, I have nothing for you, so. Would it be um, too
0: much of a dip into the magician's toolbox to ask mm -hmm. what your process is then? How do you, okay, so you've got a show Mm -hmm. coming up. Yeah. What is your, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm (laughs) going to do it. (laughs) And now we have five hours to discuss this.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the beauty of, like, improv, which is mostly what I do, is that there is no preparation. (laughs) Ah, you did show secret. up yeah that that's the secret okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the secret is I've been doing it for four years and you know I I trust myself enough and the I trust the people I play with enough um that you know what we do is going to be funny and um you know with with a stand-up approach like I'm I'm still figuring out that journey for myself like mm-hmm how to write jokes and how to structure things. Like, um, so I, I can't say I will have any valuable information for anybody in that that department, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there are different, um, there are different types of jokes, like with a roast joke, you know, it's very much like formulaic. And then, um, I don't know if you're telling more of a, uh a story. I don't know what what was the question? <laughs> I lost my kind of thought <laughs> okay.
0: Um the the question um will su- will sustain in the court of the um I don't even know if that's correct in yeah, the court of it. q the Q. Um, uh, we'll, we'll abstain from moving forward. plead the fifth. there we go. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a five and you can hold it up. So yeah. oh, your I, question was what's
1: my secret and what's your
0: secret? you don't yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to reveal that. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like I, this podcast has felt very fluid. I don't plan on doing much editing, so we're just gonna mm-hmm. just have the fully functioning, sexy conversation as it occurred as much as possible. Yeah. So you,
1: you know, I will say, uh, if I have to host something, um, then I'll usually try to think of, uh, um, like, just points I want to hit, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm hosting, uh, thinking about, like, the audience that's there, um, like, the, the speed dating event I'm hosting, like, obviously it's all gay men, they're all there to speed date, and they're all going to be nervous, so, like, um I I don't know anything to kind of like break the mood I feel like um uh my kind of preparation comes from what do I want the audience to feel um okay do I want to I mean obviously I want to break the ice but do I want to keep them on the edge of my their seat or do I want to do I want them to relax like and let them know that like I'm going to take care of them just that kind of yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: absolutely and if you want them really on the edge of the seat then you just take your shirt off I'm sure I
1: yeah I'm not that kind of performer but
0: (laughs) (laughs) and more power to you yeah whatever kind of performer you want to be so it's so interesting I feel like you're you're so good an improver that you took the next question out of my brain you were like Mm -hmm. ahead of the game i wanted to talk a little more about hosting because you know we have comics yes that Mm -hmm. stand before um the film festival and in our live section our live show part of the day which is equally important they do comedy but throughout the whole experience someone's got to host it so Mm -hmm. do you think that there is a difference between well obviously the difference but do, what goes into hosting specifically and being a, su- a successful host as opposed to being a successful improper
1: mm-hmm. and is
0: there overlap
1: oh yeah yeah there's definitely overlap um and you know whenever i become a successful host i'll tell you all about it but no uh, <laughs> um part two of the pod <laughs> yeah and uh and that's something like hosting is still something that I'm like getting more comfortable with, you know, it is improv, but at the same time, like it's just you, like you have to be the one keeping everything going. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, and there's definitely a, bit, a little bit of overlap. Like um, if an ex just did something um, like in, in my last show, um, I stand up talked about like um, shaving his butthole was like part of it. And that was like towards the end of his set. So after I came out, I said, wow, that was very educational. <laughs> um, and, you know, got a big laugh and just kind of riffed on it, you know, just taking what happens and um, going off of that. As just well, I'm, kind sure of-
0: you, I'm sure you brought it up for comedy purposes, but <laughs> I, I want to take a moment to applaud you because I think the more, intimate and comfortable you can be with your partners whole, even if
1: you're
0: <laughs> into it in a sexual way, I think that's a very good thing. So <laughs> you apparently were very comfortable. So great, great job. Um, although I'm, I, I'm sorry that that relationship um, is no longer with us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the relationship
1: has passed that, on. That butthole has died.
0: <laughs> the butthole itself. <laughs> no longer. Okay, so do you ever? We 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 both have an X factor, I, I think most. Yeah. People most queers of a certain age do. I'm mm-hmm. I'm thirty. I think you're younger. Probably. I'm
1: not. I'm thirty-one. <laughs> wow. I'm always telling myself <laughs> short. Um, All okay, right, I'm gonna uh, pause, I'm gonna pause for one second. I have to grab my charger.
0: Oh no problem. So as you're grabbing your charger and walking through the house. Uh, giving me a tour of everything. there, And you wouldn't believe what I'm seeing, folks. There's (laughs) whips and chains. There's a gimp in the corner. It's wild. So do you ever think about your past relationships when you are constructing a show and think, oh God, I better not go here. For that matter, not even just exes with Mm -hmm. current people that you're seeing. You know, because I think that there may be some performers that would be uh, do
1: yeah don't want to talk about <laughs> people right. who could be at their show <laughs>
0: right so do you do you ever feel that fear or not really
1: um not really I mean I have um I have an ex that I've talked about before I just made a, a joke about the fact that um he's been fired from multiple schools for texting minors <laughs> holy shit yeah uh, so I mean that's you know obviously a terrible situation but I can laugh at it because you know and that's a bad person doing a bad thing and you know um, yeah it, it's funny to me now because I'm far enough removed from it and um, as far as like my current boyfriend like he's been to enough of my shows that it's like um, who who cares like there's nothing I can say that will like offend him the proverbial um, re-
0: butthole has been
1: yeah. shaved already yeah yeah i don't think there's any ways i could surprise him i mean last night um last night i did a, a short form show and you know uh, asking for audience uh suggestions and he suggested ball sack and i was like okay great thank <sighs> you now i have to talk about how uh, a ball sack has the key to a long lasting relationship <laughs>
0: It really does, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you, I know that you're not about sharing your secrets now, but if you (laughs) have any ball sack secrets um, Mm -hmm. that we can take to heart or take in our mouths, um, please feel free to share those. Um, So it sounds like something that is advantageous for somebody dating a comic is a high self-esteem. Is that correct?
1: I mean, uh, uh, High self esteem, yes. I feel and like confidence? just a good, a good, um, I mean, a good sense of humor, obviously. Like, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess high self esteem kind of goes in with, um, you know, good sense of humor, uh, good reasonable expectations. Like, sure. You know, I, I don't know. A- assuming there are no secrets between. comic and the audience as far as your relationship goes like i think that is reasonable
0: what are are, what's one a hilarious thing that's happened between you and your current partner whenever you think about a funny story to tell i think like down the road if y'all end Mm -hmm. up staying together there's a child maybe not your child maybe your child somebody's child is like what was a very fun? Tell me a story of when, <laughs> you and your lover. Why, I don't know why the child's referring you to you and your lover, but um, what would you? Well, what would come to mind?
1: I mean, I I have something come to mind, but um, it wouldn't be appropriate for a child. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. okay, so an old woman. <laughs> <kidding>. oh, <laughs> all right, so. I think we are reaching the tail end, the ball sack end of this podcast, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of close out this free workshop with um, you talking a little more about the show that is about to come up. I know we've Mm -hmm. mentioned it before. We've talked a little bit about it, but um, are there any themes? Are there any Mm -hmm. particular comics you want to shout out? You know, anything like that?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, everyone, uh, involved in Queer Factor, um, uh, yeah, just uh, everyone involved is really great. Um, and like, I'd really like to shout out like, um, uh, Kimberly Alou. She's the education director at the Dallas Comedy Club and she's in our show. Um, and, um, the owners of the Dallas Comedy Club as well, Rosie and Ian, the three of them Um, just really have a, uh, they've created a a comedy community that um, like has enabled shows like this um, and queer comedy to kind of like thrive there. Um, And so, yeah, um, uh, just the Dallas Comedy Club in general has just been um, such a great and inviting place. Um, So that's that's really all I have to plug is the Dallas Comedy Club.
0: (laughs) That's not all you have to plug. Hey, A- A-O. Um, eh. So what's next for Queer Factor? Where would you like to see it go? What, what venues, um, the sky's the limit?
1: Yeah, so I've actually kind of been thinking about this. You know, it's not typical for, um, uh, like at the Dallas Comedy Club, we're very like, uh, it's kind of home base for us. So it's not mm-hmm. usually typical um, for shows that originate there to kind of branch out to other places. But I have been thinking about it, um, especially since, um, I mean, we've only had one show before, but it was very big and very successful. And, um, I think we could branch out to other theaters. I'd love to see it in, um, larger venues like, um, uh, like the Bishop Arts Theater or even like the Kessler Theater. Um, just something, something larger and, um, you know, more of a theater space than mm-hmm. a comedy club space. Uh, I think that would be really fun. But, I mean, we're talking, like, um, several months in the future. Sure. Um, yeah.
0: What do you think about <clears throat> Zoom comedy shows? I was wondering if you feel like David Factor <laughs> could ever go there.
1: Um, I've had some friends who have done kind of Zoom comedy shows, and, I don't know, it's kind of tough for them to to really go anywhere because it's, like if you don't already have a big following, then you're not necessarily going to get a big audience for that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Because, yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where um, it's a live comedy show, but it's happening on the internet. But it's like, if you want to go on the internet and watch comedy, like you might as well just go on YouTube. And, you know, it's just like, it's not really a... um, I feel like that's something that was born because of the pandemic. oh yeah, uh, out of necessity. and yeah, I don't I don't really see uh, I don't really see it sticking around. <laughs> it is it is more common for people to live stream live comedy shows in addition to an in-person audience, mm-hmm. um, which I think is cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, especially for smaller comedy clubs, like it's still, the audience that's there is majority of the people that are watching. Like there's not just a huge audience. At I watched a few online. that yeah. were
0: done with the, uh, the New York comedy seller. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a run where they were doing that. I don't know if they're still offering, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stuff that's online only um, or at least an online add on, like you're saying that that could be possible. Go go visit the comedy cellar
1: I mean yeah comedy cellar in New York like that's that's a a huge right there (laughs) is like that's a very pop yeah Yeah. like some of the biggest names in comedy go there like I I could see that working out for them for sure um (laughs) but yeah as far as like you know community theater type comedy clubs like probably not (laughs)
0: Well, believe in yourself. One, <laughs> one old one, one year older than me. One.
1: It's it's uh
0: it's really you know there's no limit to where you can take your show because mm-hmm. you're the, at the beginning. That's the thing is you haven't fucked it up yet. So congratulations. Yeah. You're 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 just potential energy. That's kind of how I feel about our film festival as well. It's like you know we can only get better, right? So. Mm-hmm. That's inspiring. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this crazy, definitely improv conversation (laughs) that you had zero preparation for.
1: Absolutely.
0: You barely knew who I was as a person or what the fuck I was doing or asking about. (laughs) Um, But I've really enjoyed sharing space with you today, even though it was a Mm -hmm. virtual only space. And um, please let everybody know, even though they can read it, uh, would you verbally express sounds so weird, verbally express <laughs> Verbally express how they can find you and them being your new adoring fans and
1: listen. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Steph to Death. That's steF, the number two, and then death as in dying. Um, <laughs> and uh, definitely keep an eye on uh, the Dallas Comedy Club website, which is dallas-comedyclub.com. Um, for any future queer factor shows. I'm also looking into starting a, um, another, a, another queer improv troupe. Um, and so I'll, I'll obviously, I'll post about that um, on my Instagram. And then um, every Saturday at the Dallas Comedy Club is a show called Dork Course, which is the short form audience interactive show I told you about. Um, I'm not in it every Saturday, but if you go on a Saturday, you, know, you might see me, so. <laughs>
0: if I go, you better be there. I'm gonna, okay. <laughs> I, will, I will storm out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab your boyfriend's shaved asshole and we're gonna, I'm
1: gonna
0: say, You're, we're getting out of here. Why are you here? He's not even on, no. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't also, know. Okay, so did. Oh, i sorry, there... I have one more thing. Oh, yeah, um, okay. yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm also going to start doing a sketch show at, uh stomping ground comedy which is the second saturday of every month starting next month in april um with uh nick hawk and um Deep friend of the
0: pod i stole that from race chaser but still, <laughs> it's true um what,
1: what what else am i doing um i'm also doing i'm doing more shows in april at the dallas comedy club um you're
0: potentially hosting our or not hosting oh yes. potentially doing a set uh-huh. for us on july 2nd that's when our in-person film festival is going to be
1: mm-hmm. and, and yeah and you can um i don't know if i mentioned this already but check out the schedule at dallas-comedyclub.com eye out for queer factor and then any other um, lgbtq programming you see in the future so um so yeah
0: We love a reiteration on the pod, no worries. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, um, you amazing comedic talent, uh, rising star, ETC period. We look forward on Q2Q to continuing our relationship, working with you more, uh, getting you on stage, getting you on camera, all that good stuff. And I was going to apply uh, for your, it's a a theme on the show that I have to um, seek work on all of these uh, pods. And so um, I was gonna see if I could be a part of that new queer improv troupe, but as I cut you off towards (laughs) the tail end of our show, maybe I'll keep that application in the old pocketbook. Um, Anyway. And thank you so much. Once again, I'm going to say thank you 500 more times and everybody listening in, please make sure that you go to queer2queerfest.com. I believe that's the website. If it's wrong, you just got to read it. Uh, We are queer underscore two underscore queer on Instagram. We are also on Twitter. I don't remember what the handle is, but you can look it up. Basically, the hub is the website. We are an online film festival, uh, but please, if you are in Dallas, first of all, go to all of Stefan's shows and then come see us for the live events. We will feature many comics, hopefully, Not just Stefan, but Nick as well, and some other terrifically LGBTQ artists, and more. As always, keep it rolling. The cameras. Or if you're in a place where it's legal.